What's poppin'? And welcome to Popcorn with Rolo Sadiara. And you're stopped for all things pop, where we talk about all things pop culture from here in our homes in the Philippines. 10th month edition to the rest of the globe. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is our last Radio Katipunan broadcast for the year. So, first of all, thank you so much, Radio Katip, for always airing our episodes. And we will see you all next year here on Radio Katipunan. Pero tuloy-tuloy pa rin ang ating ligaya even after this episode. But today is our Music of 2020 special. And we will be talking about, obviously, Music of 2020 and our Spotify rap um, results and, uh, you know, some of our music faves. But before that, um, thank you. Thank you muna sa lahat ng mga bumoto sa election. <laughs> thank you sa lahat ng bumoto sa... Um, Philippine Podcast Directory Awards 2020 who voted for me. I don't know the results yet. We will find out in a few days. Ooh. But let's hope for the best. But thank you to everyone who's been supportive. And thank you to everyone who greeted me. Happy birthday as well. I had to... Kailangan talaga ilagay sa conversation na nag-birthday ako. But yeah, thank you so much to everyone. And ayun, we will be rounding up some movie news. May isa lang tayong movie news that just came out earlier today. Or yesterday, as you watch this or listen to this. But before that, let's introduce our co-host. Let us welcome back. Emil is here. Hello. Dren, who has not shown himself for 2020, <laughs> is Hello, also here. A ghost. He's a ghost. Uh, and Max, who is representing the female species. Female species. Species. <laughs> Female wow. Superior race. Superiors, yeah. Yes. yes. You're right. You made up for it there. And welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. And first popcorn lang. One popcorn for this episode before we head on to our music special. Well, they announced even further the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spideyverse earlier today or yesterday with the addition of Alfred Molina from Spider-Man 2 as Doc Ock or Dr. Octopus in the third installment of Tom Holland's Spider-Man series. So that is like, I mean, it's been kind of, um, ano tawag dito? It's been leading to that more or less with Electro coming back and all those talks of the multiverse. Of course, uh, they announced that Benedict Cumberbatch will be Peter's new mentor or whatever. And... Uh, Of course, with that are also talks about the return of Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, the classic Spider-Man we know from the movies, and uh, the not-so-well-received Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker as well, along with their um, respective love interests, Kirsten Dunst and Emma Stone. They're all in talks to return. Uh, I guess it's all still in negotiations, but if it's a big project like this, I'm pretty sure they're like more or less game although i think may pregnancy rumors lang si emma stone or something oh. that might affect her participation here i'm not quite sure but that is our piece of news for this episode what do you guys have to say about it emil go ahead i mean <laughs> put you on the spot <laughs> i mean i i mean specifically about like alfred molina i love dr octopus in that movie um Even if he's not like in retrospect, even if that character isn't like super super well defined, and he's not necessarily like the most interesting villain, like the way he's played and the way like they they choreograph all the fight scenes and stuff, like he's so memorable. 
Um, so, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a very cautiously optimistic yes, just because um, as, as a fan also of the Arrowverse, uh, the DC shows, you know, when they, whenever they do crossover events like this, uh, for me, most of the time, a lot of the guest stars and stuff just end up being like very small parts of the of the of the crossover. So I I still want to hear more details about how exactly they're gonna integrate these these actors and stuff because if they're just gonna pop up in one scene, you know, all this hype is just gonna be so it, it's just gonna deflate. I feel, um, but I mean. I am excited. I'm 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 a very big Spider-Man fan, and even if this whole thing is clearly just like a a display of corporate synergy, it's like Sony, like look, we can come together after all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still it's still fun, and I don't know. I'm like I said, cautiously optimistic. So yeah. Okay, I guess I will go next. More or less the same because we never we don't really know details, but the fact that it's out there is just exciting for me. But so for now, it's a yes for me. I'm just, I eat all this up all the time. Like all news of crossovers, I'm in all the time. So, mula pa lang sa um, sweet life, that's so sweet life of Hannah Montana. The first, or not, not even that, but like the Proud Family and Lilo and Stitch. And like, who was the third one in that series who came, came possible? They were all together in Lilo and Stitch. And that was like amazing. So, Seeing all the Spider Men, just like in the Spider Verse, into the Spider Verse movie, is exciting. And I don't know if they might introduce Miles Morales at this point in the MCU. It might be if they're having all the Spider Men in here, baka it's also an introduction to Miles Morales somehow. But I guess uh, I was reading up on this. Some people are like, oh. So Tom Holland was never really the star of his own show because it's always about, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is here, or now Benedict Cumberbatch is here, or now all the other, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are here. So like, he never really has like a standalone, it's just him without banking on other stories versus uh, just like Civil War, he was there. But I I guess it goes along with the contract of Spider-Man having to appear alongside other people for him to exist like he does. So that's my take. Uh, Max? You actually said a lot of the things I was going to say. <laughs> like, about Wait, how Spider- <laughs> about how Spider-Man, like, well, Tom Holland never had his own standalone. Which I kind of have to disagree with because even though he had those other characters with him, they served as mentors, not as co-main characters. Like, I think if you looked at the rundown of minutes, he'd still have the most. And... Most of the fight scenes and stuff went to him. But anyway, with this new Spider-Man news, I'm actually really excited because I know that no matter what happens, I'm going to like it because I loved what all three of them did with Spider-Man because they were all very different. Like, I'm excited to see Toby back because, of course, we love him. He's the original Spider-Man. I'm excited to see Andrew Garfield come back because, in a sense, this is also his Spider-Man 3. Yeah, exactly. Andrew Garfield. And of course, we love Tom Holland, so I'm excited to see him too. But of course, like, I'm just a bit nervous because there's so much going on. Like, they're introducing so many villains. You have three very personality powerful Spider Man actors. 
And then you have the whole concept of the mul- of the multiverse, which can get a bit overwhelming, especially because they're also introducing Morbius and a lot of other characters. And it seems like the Spider Verse it's is going to be its own universe within the MCU. So like, it has the potential to get very overwhelming. And I think writers are gonna need to be very careful. But as Chola said, we're gonna eat it up anyway because we love them, and we're just going to be so happy to see them all together. So I'm kind of just hoping that how the three Spider-Man actors work together is like Spider Verse. Like they all take an equal mantle in defeating the bad guy or whatever's going to happen in the plot. So I'm really just excited to see it. And I hope we find out more as the new year comes. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm just a slave. Everything Disney releases, I'm like, okay, I'll buy that (laughs) merch. I will watch that movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. but So true. (laughs) That's just me. But uh, I hope they give me a PR package one of these days because I support them that much. But anyway. Cough, cough, shout out (laughs) Disney. Hello. Shout out, shout out. out Um, But yeah. Dren, what's your take on this? Uh I I do love the three D Spider-Man. I, I kind of share the same sentiment that most of the internet shares that I think Toby was the best Peter Parker mm-hmm. and uh Andrew was a really good Spider-Man, and then Tom was kind of like the best of both worlds. Um although my personal favorite is still Toby. Uh and I think Spider-Man 2 is like the best Spider-Man movie still. Of course, yes. Um so yeah, having him Doc Ock come back, I I will say one thing, and that is I really hope that Electro just doesn't blast EDM at people again. Like <laughs> the weirdest Dubstep. superpower. He, yeah, he didn't have electricity as power. He would shoot EDM at people, which is very strange. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I guess they saw the success of um, Spider Verse and was like, let's do that but live action, which is pretty, you know pretty crazy but disney has reached the point where they can kind of do whatever they want you know like kevin feige recently <laughs> got put in charge of not just the movies but the comics they can you own imagine the world. That? like he They're literally awesome. controls what happens in the mcu now he can do whatever he wants and considering that well endgame was about the stake of you know the universe what can be bigger than that and the only thing that can bigger that can be bigger than that is the stake of the multiverse, right? It has to be the multiverse. Yeah, they have to have multiple versions of the heroes fighting together. That's the only place where they can go. After they do that in like another 10 years, in 20, you know, when did the game come out? 2019? 2029, when they do like the right. multiverse mega end game. I don't know what they're going to call it. <laughs> Super end game? Like the bottom line? I don't know. It sounds like a WWE thing. But when they do that, I just don't know where they're going to go. And I, I have the same love-hate relationship like everyone does with Disney, like you guys said. There's nothing that they could do that I wouldn't watch because they're we're, like... We're trapped, yeah. I always say, I always, I always used to say this, but uh, Disney controls the market. That's how big they are. It's almost as if they have a monopoly on the film market. Not exactly, of course. There is always going to be indies that come out and, and all. But it's kind of like in the Philippines where Star Cinema dictates what's popular yeah <laughs> they would make a movie then everyone all the other film studios would not necessarily copy it but they would kind of look at it and go like oh that's the thing that's making money that's the mainstream thing that's the the differentiation of mainstream and indie became what's like what star cinema doing what's not what star cinema not doing and that's kind of what's happening with disney they can kind of do whatever they want because it's not just superhero movies right like 
the other movies that they make, it seems like they all have like this, I don't know, like attraction to everyone else. Like I would call it the golden touch, but does it really count when you have trillions of dollars to spend to make everything golden? So it's it's a very salty yes for me. It's like I don't have a choice, do I? Like what what do I say? I'm not gonna go watch it. I I don't like it. Like it's yeah, so it's great and very happy for the guys and the girls, the all the leading actresses and actors that get to come back. It's crazy. Who knows where they're gonna take this next? But it's just so Spin frustrating to see. Sorry. <laughs> Spin-off movies. Yeah. Spin off <laughs> as the multiverse. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, and that I it's yeah, it's just like I it's crazy to me how how powerful they've become. I never thought that it would get to this point. But it's really interesting lang then to uh, to jump off what you, off what you were saying that both DC and Marvel are entering their uh entering their respective multiverses with uh you know the crossovers they just had with the crisis on Infinite Earths in the Arrowverse that was everyone from movie and TV all in one like mm-hmm. series or like ep- series yeah. of episodes and then now Marvel which who are also starting their own multiverse with uh, the start of WandaVision, which is coming out in January. I guess that's the real beginning of the multiverse um, when Wanda figures out whatever the hell it is she will figure out. We have no idea what the show will be. Uh, but with that, it comes Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness and this one. So I'm guessing that's really the root because what else can you do that hasn't been done with the regular characters i would say aside from introducing other characters that haven't been introduced yet like i don't know squirrel girl wala pa siya. <laughs> i don't know is a petition with anna kendrick still ongoing for squirrel girl is she too old probably is anyway so yeah i guess it's interesting to see what we will see from mcu next because we didn't get anything this year as we mentioned in our last two episodes, I, I would say. And WandaVision will be the start of something new. <laughs> High school musical, is that yes. you? Yes, it is. Me. You know, with Jen's description. I don't know why, but what popped into my head was Kevin Feige with the Infinity Stones. Because that's literally him <laughs> with Marvel right now. Like, who he is. I just found out that he also has control of the comics through this. So like now I'm kind of like, wow, here he is, Thanos. Like, he can just snap and... And everything, continue everything. The Marvel reality is what he wants it to be. So he literally holds the Marvel gauntlet. And like, I also kind of just realized that they have the three Spider-Man actors in one movie. If they don't have a live reenactment of the Spider-Man meme, <laughs> wasted opportunity. Oh I'm God. telling I'm you. Sure, I'm sure they will have it. I actually so don't good. want to see that. And like, Tom Holland would be so down to do it. Like, Toby's not going to know sure. what it is. Maybe Andrew Garfield will know what it is. <laughs> You'll have three different generations reacting to the same meme. Tom Holland's gonna be like, "Yeah," Toby's gonna be like, "What's going on?" And Andrew will be the one explaining to both of them. Yeah. And I guess we're at uh, a unique position in our age group. I would say, nah, we've seen it. I guess we we grew up with all three generations versus like I guess the younger kids now. Oh, they just mm-hmm. know like Tom be Holland. like, who the hell is 
Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. Shut maybe. your mouth. No, sorry. <laughs> Child. So yeah, yun lang naman ang interesting news to come out of the news world right now. And we will move on to our main episode topic, which is um, our music of 2020, which we will start off with our Spotify rap 2020. This is not sponsored, but we would like to be sponsored one of these days. Oh my God. <laughs> so to Spotify Asia, I not know you. Spotify. You know me, but let's work together. <laughs> um, okay, so Spotify rap, of course, is our yearly look at what we li- were listening to for the full year. Everyone posts it, on, posts it on their stories. We did a short episode on it last year. And they just released this year's Spotify Rap 2020 Philippines. Before we head on to our personal um, personal list, um, Spotify 2020 Philippines, uh, the most streamed artists were announced to be number one. Okay, let's start with number five. Number five oh. is Black- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> number five is Blackpink, who is still, oh God, who are still in our area. <laughs> That is crazy. They, we have to realize, sorry, just as like a K-pop fan, you have to realize that it's ridiculous because they came back back only in the latter half of the year and they yes. still got number five. That's crazy. The power, the impact, <laughs> the crumbs. <laughs> Literally the crumbs. Number four. Uh, this is actually pretty surprising for me. Number four is Justin Bieber. I don't. Oh. Well, he hasn't. He had really? a new album changes this year, mm-hmm. but I didn't really have hear much, at least from our circles, about Justin Bieber. But Same. I guess I'm not quite sure what um, brought about the streams from him this year. <laughs> yes, but dedicated. But he, fans, he, yeah, like, was wasn't he on social media begging people to stream Yummy and stuff like that? Yeah, so, no, he was yeah, saying, like, yeah, was yeah he did. Yeah. yeah. He did I mean, like yes, a bunch right. of collabs and yeah, he did Yummy. He did Ariana Grande. He did, mm-hmm. I mean, he did a song with Ariana Grande. Yeah, Ariana Grande, Chance the Rapper, uh, just a bunch of people. I mean, to be fair to him, I li- I've listened to all of his stuff when it came out just out of curiosity. And like, I didn't like it. But <laughs> the message of the songs has become a lot more interesting, at least. Not Yummy. That's obviously <laughs> like, I don't know what you're Yummy, about. which had like six co-writers on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But like, uh, what do you call this? But you know, he had a song about like marriage and and falling in love, which is interesting because he got married. Then he had another song about just criticizing the people who criticized him when he was a kid, saying like, "Why did you get so angry with me? I was only 13 years old. Don't you realize that I was a victim also?" Which is really interesting. So, that was a really good song. Yeah, no, it, it's like it's like you know, screw you guys. Like that one was called Lonely. Yeah, lonely. Like you don't understand what it's like to have these forty-year-old men trying to like squeeze every drop of, you know, profit out of you, and you're just thirteen and you don't know what what to do. So, it was a really good song. <laughs> yep. So Justin Bieber, uh, we don't have any believers with us right now. So, <laughs> Sadly, that's all we can yeah, say. Okay, at number four, my personal fave, of course, Miss Taylor Swift, came Yay. at number Yay. three. Um, of course, she uh, had that major drop, which was folklore in the middle of the year. A surprise. Uh, we'll be talking more about that later, but you know, not not surprising as well, because everyone, literally everyone, was talking about folklore that week or the month to follow, even until now. 
that she is vying for the album of the year at the Grammys. Um, number two, of course, we are also not surprised. We have BTS. Actually, imagine surprising na number two sila mm. with the amount of army that we have in the Philippines. Uh, mm. But of course, we had the major hit Dynamite this year along with their new album. Actually, even the last album was in 2020 which was Map of the Soul 7 and the new album BE also came this year. So that's two albums and one Dynamite. You have BTS at number two. Uh, they're BTS. What else can you say? Exactly. And at number one, the only Filipino act in the top five most streamed artists in the Philippines is Ben and Ben. Congratulations Ooh. to Ben and Ben. Well deserved. And it's 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 just nice to have at least one Filipino act in the top five and to be the the very top of the list that beating BTS, that's something, right? Like the fact that you have more streams than BTS in the Philippines means that you're really at the top of your game. And I mean, Ben and Ben has been trying to change their music na by this latter half of the year, but they came up with pretty good songs. And of course, their catalog. So I guess it really added to that. Anything else about Ben and Ben you'd like to add? I mean, grab it because the engagement with fans. Like they're very, very uh, open. They're very um, responsive to them. Um, and they they appear like everywhere. Like they have, they're in movies. They're in I'm up everywhere. They're in BLs and stuff like that. So I mean, they really know how to keep themselves in the conversation, but not necessarily like in a malicious way. Like I, I mean, okay. Like full disclosure, I know like two people in B B and B. I mean, technically. Uh, yeah, technically B and B. Yeah, but um. I mean, like I don't, I don't know seven of them personally, but they they strike me naman as pretty sincere people. And they started out as a pretty small group. I mean, small in terms of impact. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm just I'm just happy for them. And like I feel like their music is very cross generational. Like it's it's music that I feel like older people can listen to as well and still enjoy. Yeah, and understand. Yes. It's not something completely different. Yeah. Like I. I don't know, yummy or something. It's <laughs> not or, different or, at all. Or K-pop. <laughs> not everyone can like truly get into K-pop. Yeah, 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 K-pop. yeah. Yes, yes. So ben I don't, I don't know anyone that like hates Ben and Ben. I know people that are like, that's oh, it's so not true. my thing. But like, I don't know anyone that's like, I hate their music. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Ben and Ben because it has something for everyone because they do a lot of different things like per song and per album. So. You won't exactly hate them, but like you know, you'll just find something you prefer over their other things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, like Emil said, I think uh, a big part of it is that um, their music finds their way into like other media. Like they did, uh, they what was that movie where like all of their music um, was featured? LSS, LSS, yeah, LSS, yeah. And then they did um, Alone I together, a song for that. alone together. That, and make it with group. make it with you. Sila yung theme song this year. Yeah, so they have like they pop up, man. Like I don't know how they continuously put out because all of the all of it is good. Keep in mind, like I re- I really do like all of the stuff that they put out and non walang tapon in that sense. So it, they're really consistent. They clearly work very hard. So they deserve, and we are expecting more music from Ben and Ben in the coming year. Hopefully, yeah. something different. Personally, I was like, okay, Ben and Ben, great music, but I want to hear something 
that evolves from what they've already done. And I guess that's what they're starting to do, uh, especially after their latest single, which was called Dika Sayang. Medyo iba yung vibe nun. And that's a really good maybe, song. Maybe they got inspired by the K-pop covers that they did. Yes. <laughs> okay. And we move on now to the Philippines' most streamed local artists naman. Uh, let's start from number one uh, this time around. Of course, Ben and Ben was number one. We, we have Moira De La Torre at number two. Uh, Moira hasn't been really... She, she released a new album this year as well. But her latest hit was called Paubaya. Uh, if you haven't heard about it. One of my faves from the year. Um, number three, Matayos. Uh, ano nga yung kanta ni Matayos? Uh, let me check. <laughs> I hope he's not on, on your... Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hears this and he's like, what the f... Kayong gumawa. I love popcorn. <laughs> Katriona na song. So I guess that was a really big TikTok hit in 2020. Oh, okay. That, sorry, that's the other thing we completely forgot to mention is that TikTok, you know, if you're a song's on TikTok, if it has a dance to it, which is why <laughs> Yummy was so successful. I didn't know Yummy had a dance. Okay. I didn't know Yummy yeah. had a dance either. I only know because one of the members of Twice is such a giant Justin uh, Bieber fan. TikTokerist. Uh, okay, number four. Coming in at number four is last year's number one most streamed local artist. And number one most streamed artist in general was December Avenue. Uh, okay. Understandable, December Avenue didn't really have any new releases this year. Number five, an OPM icon. And they did have a collab with Shanti Dope and Glock 9 this oh, that's year cool. as well. So go check that out if you want to. And next, I guess we will be talking about the most streamed groups in the Philippines. We have the same people. Number one, Ben and Ben. Number two, BTS. Number three, Blackpink. Number four, of course, Lainey. Ni mo papa hole ang Lainey's Philippines. And number five, Maroon Five. They're still alive. Oh wow! Driving. Good for oh, them. Amazing. That is crazy, dude. The I the last music video I watched of them was just Adam Levine eating like some bad mushrooms and then going to a party and then like it was the weirdest music video. Like what happened to She Will Be Loved, man? I guess the interesting thing about Maroon Five is that. They, they're chameleons into what's popular. And so mm-hmm. they keep on riding on to the new trends and keep on staying in the trends or in the scene, even though, you know, how many years have changed. Yeah. Ni, pa yung malalabas yung Maroon 5, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, what a difference. <laughs> I really miss their hands all over phase though. Like when their song sounded the way it did before Overexposed. Yeah. Overexposed is really when they started to take a turn towards more pop. And yeah. Yeah, like I just miss the songs about Jane and that era. Yes, but... exactly. Like I'm not mad at their new music. It's just that I miss what got, what made the Maroon 5 in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And I, I could say that about a few other bands. Like the script also kind of oh, yes. happened. I love like their old stuff, and then starting with science and faith, they started going more towards pop metal, I guess. So, you know, but if they're happy doing that, that's fine. And you know, memories bring back memories. Bring, bring back you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we will head on to the Philippines' most streamed albums. At number one, we have "How I'm Feeling" by Lau, which is one of actually oh. 
my favorite pop albums of the year that I had on loop. Because I second now, the motion. Yeah, Love This has he knows the he knows the pattern now of what makes a popular pop song. Mm-hmm. I would feel and this album was just full of that with um, his previous releases like um, I'm so tired this year I think and uh, feelings feelings and uh, what was that okay Anne-Marie fuck I'm lonely I'm lonely yes let's just say that word it's fine we're language <laughs> okay Captain America <laughs> uh, yeah it was a pretty good album it's um, ear candy. Do people like ear candy? Tama ba ear candy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I that's guess. That's a word. That's a term. Yeah. yeah. It's just like music you'll want to repeat again and again. And that was released earlier this year. Number two, as Gren was saying, they this was only released late this year. At number two is the album by Blackpink featuring the best Blackpink song of all time, Ice Cream <laughs> Joke. Oh my gosh. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> Mama, don't don't get me sa, started. Ma, sa black K-pop section ng music. Yeah. Um, number three, Limasawa Street by Ben and Ben. Of course, number four, Map of the Soul 7 by BTS. And number five, Changes by Justin Bieber. So, I mean, it's pretty much the same people we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes or so. But now we head on to the Philippines' most streamed songs. Number one is Imahe by Magnus Haven. Uh, it's a really good song, too. Uh, number two is Intentions by Justin Bieber featuring Quavo. Number three is Make It With You by Ben and Ben. It's like a really good cover. Um, yeah, first cover they ever did, I would, I think. And that was for the teleserie Make It With You with Liza and Enrique, which due to the pandemic, was just cancelled midway and didn't have an ending. Tama ba? I Parang, don't remember. Not sure. Sorry. That was like mid, mga March yata. Sure, let's go with what you say. <laughs> That's the last we trust I, you. Yeah. That's the last I heard from that show. Number four is Beautiful Scars by Maximilian. Number five is Someone You Love by Louis Capaldi. And then we head on to the Philippines' most oh, famous local songs. Uh, at number one pa rin is Imahe by Magnus Haven. Ma- Make It With You is at number two. Pagtingin, a classic 2019 yeah. Ben and song. Still here yes. at number three. At number four, Rest In Peace, Eman. His song, Teka Lang, made it to the top five. And number five, Hindi Tayo Pwede by The Ones is here. And lastly, on our Spotify Philippines Rap 2020, we have the Philippines' most streamed Pinoy hip-hop artist because hip-hop is really the number one, I mean, believe it or not, because we are very pop people. Hip-hop is like the number one genre in the Philippines right now. They even have this whole campaign called Kalia Hip-Hop. Oh, and, yeah. Um, hip-hop, it's, if you see it on your Twitter, on your Instagram ads, that's the focus that Spotify really wants to uh, feature, which is urban hip-hop artists in the Philippines. Number one, Matayos. Number two, Skusta Klee. Number three, Almost. Number four, Flo G. And number five, Eman. I don't have much to say because I'm not a hip-hop person. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I listened to like a smattering of all of their stuff just because it's been recommended to me. And 
hip hop somehow managed to find its way into my top five genres. Spoilers for later, but despite all of the K pop and everything that I've consumed this top year, hip hop. Songs? Uh, no, 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 they're not in my top five. Top five genres. Hip hop was in my top five genres. Um, and it's all like, I, w- I don't know how to explain it, but like, without, without maybe sounding too like, um, overstating it but i do think that like hip-hop really suits what's happening in the philippines right now like hip-hop was born out of struggle literally it was born out of struggle and it was born as a creative way to talk about problems right and it it really originated from like chants right chants in tribes um that would just rhyme (laughs) they were literally just rhyming songs and and a lot of the times it would rhyme because it would be easier to remember that way right and then eventually it evolved later on into what it is now, which is what, you know, a lot of uh, African-American black culture used to talk about their struggle. And if you think about it, I'm, it is, might be a little bit heavy for this episode, but, you know, getting gunned down by the police and having the government oppress you and having your rights taken away. That all sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting how hip hop is on the rise now in the Philippines. And I've always felt like it matches so perfectly with, with what we want to do with music. And it's such a freedom of expression. And Tagalog is such a perfect language for hip-hop. It's so good. It rolls off the tongue. A lot of the, the rhyme schemes is, uh, like, could be a lot more complex because rhyming in Tagalog isn't the same thing as rhyming in English. So that's just my little rant about hip-hop. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. Because sure. even if you don't necessarily like hip-hop you don't necessarily like quote-unquote kalia music although i don't think that's a good term to use in general but you know just for lack of a better term kalia hip-hop it's something that you should appreciate because it was born out of struggle and it's born out of literally nothing else but the creativity of like one or two people and that's something to admire and i absolutely love that it's on the rise and i hope it continues to be on the rise yeah, totally agree with that. Um, I think you know, to add to what you were saying, it's really the hip hop artists who aren't afraid to speak out about issues. Or sometimes, you know, it's a bit novelty if you have like songs yeah. like Fiona and stuff. But, yeah. And um, Ivana, Maganyan. Yeah, it doesn't all but, have to be like serious, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like Filipino hip hop is very unique. Because a lot of people like discount it as like, Masa hip-hop, Jedre hip-hop, mm-hmm. or Kalia hip-hop. But at the end of the day, it's very unique, uniquely Filipino to come up with these, this sound and these flows also. Which, you know, if you compare comparison mo talaga US, but that's completely different. And I don't think we should be comparing it to that caliber because we have our own distinct hip-hop here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, speaking of trends results, having hip-hop, we will now move on to our personal results. Ah, I knew that. I didn't know that. Um, I guess I will start because I'm the most, uh, how would you say this, predictable here. Mahulaan nyo na kasi yung top one most streamed artist ko, di ba? I'm actually not sure. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. Really? My guess is it's K-pop. No, it's Taylor Swift. Stop Taylor Swift. Oh, see, that was my next I, guess. I, well, I was going to say, like, is it NCT? Well, they are the close second. 
Okay. Um, yeah. If Resonance too, had come out a little bit earlier and maybe, got included maybe. in your 2020 rap, yeah. But Folklore really was like my jam for the year. I really needed that album and I just didn't stop listening to it again and again. And you know how Taylor just keeps on putting out new stuff like, oh, here's a Intimate Sessions version of Folklore. It really I just loved it. <laughs> again and again. And she had the Lover, City of Lover acoustic releases earlier in the year so you know and with parang earlier in the year before folklore I was just listening to all lover as well so i'm not surprised taylor swift is my top artist of the year thank you taylor i love you forever um and number two kasi nct 127 yeah um my number three also predictably enough is carly ray jepsen yeah so there uh i think what's my number four Number four Koyata is Wavy. Oh, okay. So also NCT. <laughs> also NCT, yes. Let me just check. Anyway, yeah, Wavy is in part of my top five as well. So ayun, those are my top artists for the year. I'm not surprised because I've just really been playing those on loop. And my top song for the year is surprisingly Rain on Me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Um, cool. at the release of that song, I was just, like jamming to it all week long. So I guess even until now, whenever I just feel like dancing or like vibing, I just play Rain on Me and just sing and dance to the song. And in my Zumba phase of 2020, <laughs> in a Zumba phase, yeah, for a while, yes. like exercise for a while. I was just like looking for Rain on Me choreo Zumbas. <laughs> <'Cause it's laughs> That's so cool. So those are my top, and then my top songs at number two are Kick It by NCT127, oh, the song okay. that started it all for my K-pop um, era. Era. Now, number three, I think, is Exile by Taylor Swift. And I don't know number four, lage, but my number five is Psycho by Red Velvet. Red Velvet. Oh. Represent. My number six was Take Off by Wavy. And I don't know why it's not in top five, but it's there. Yeah, what about you guys? Oh gosh, who wants to start? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I. Sh- I think I should go last because mine is. You know, mine has a lot of K-pop too. So. Okay. Uh, Max should go next. Okay, I was actually going to say mine is going to be really quick because I use Apple Music and okay, not um, Spotify. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I want to hear. Thanks, Cholo. Yeah. I You're feel the love. Yeah, I want to hear. <laughs> okay, in that case, I'm a use redacted to listen to music and <laughs> honestly their counterpart of rap oh wait love before um, before you start your apple music rap or what do you call what's the what's it called? i don't apple even music, know. know anyway my number four for pala, my number four was wavy and my number five was bts umabot pa yung bts sa top five wow surprisingly okay max go okay here's the thing so for some weird reason every time i tried to generate my most listened to on apple music it wouldn't work <laughs> So, I'm just going to give my guesses. And I'm pretty sure, like, my top artists would be Taylor Swift. Because when Folklore came out, like, come on, I loved Folklore. It was a big quarantine mood. It's just such a nice thing to listen to when you're by yourself. Or, you know, you just want to reflect on life because it's quarantine. You haven't seen people in forever. And then, I guess next would be Love. Because Love, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, but... Because I just loved his last album. And then, apart from that, like, this was also a year where, like, 
I started listening to a lot of songs I wasn't aware of when they actually came out. And then there's this one song. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Fun made it to my list because of this one song called The Sight of the Sun. Because I had a carpool mate who played it in the car during a morning trip on our way to school, one of the last days we had school. So it kind of just reminded me of that time, which was pretty happy. Because like, we were going to school, the sem was nice, we had no idea corona was a thing yet. So good memories there. And then my fourth would probably be Lady Gaga because of Rain On Me also. Because that song just... It's just so nice to get up to that song in the morning and just have it set the tone for your day. Like it's it's, just it's like such a power a, anthem, right? Right? Power anthem. And apart from that, dedicated side B, because like Carly Rae Jepsen, like there's just something about her songs which are so feel good. They make you wanna they make you want to be active. And like, okay, I didn't have a Zumba face like Cholo, but <laughs> when when I'd exercise, Carly Rae Jepsen's on repeat. Okay, go. Spotify users, it's your time to shine. Bahanila is sponsored on Spotify, joke. <laughs> no, why but you know, Apple Music. Yeah, why not both? To add to that, Apple Music has really good song curation as well in terms of discovering new music versus Spotify, which is very your algorithm and it plays what it thinks you want from your like library. But Apple Music, naman, on the other hand, it has a lot of different playlists where you can discover new songs as well. So yun, yun masabi ka about Apple Music. Not to hate on them. <laughs> um, okay, Emil. You don't want to cut ties in case they call, you know? Yeah. yeah it's everywhere. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, I'll do like, just in summary screen, ba, ng, ng Spotify rap, artist songs and then genre. For some weird reason, uh, like all of my songs and artists are, are pop, but my top genre is Broadway. Wow. Because wow. At, a cer- at a certain point in during the quarantine, I just spent so much time listening to a lot of specifically '90s Broadway shows, um, and I, I think the reason why none of them, none of the songs showed up in the in the rap is because every song on Spotify, each of the songs on Spotify is credited to like a different yeah. singer, obviously a, a different it's actor. The first singer that appears in that song, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I'm still I'm I'm happy like I remembered that phase in my life thanks to. Thanks, Spotify rap. Um, <laughs> um, and, then, and then for. But yeah, so top songs, I'll do it reverse. Naman, because the top four are all Rina Sawayama. But number five was Stay Away by Carly Rae. Even if at this point I, I like feel this way, uh, yeah, feels this way more. Felt this way, sorry, felt this way. Um, and then number four, Tokyo Love Hotel, which is actually my favorite Rina Sawayama song. I don't know why it's not number one, maybe because it makes me emotional. Um, num- number three is Love Me For Me, Rina again. Number two, XS. And then my top song apparently is Bad Friend by Rina, which oh. I feel like is very appropriate because like, I just feel like I'm so far away from everybody and I want to be like, I-, I wish I had the, the energy to um, like be more connected with people, but it's really just exhausting. Um, and well, then we're here for you every week. Yes, wow. thank you, thank you for this. Um, and then top artist naman, number five uh, is a French singer, Christine and the Queens, who I would absolutely one hundred percent recommend. Um, she she uh, choreographs all of her routines as well, and she can perform them without losing um, her her vocals at all. So yeah, uh, number four. A kind of an outlier in terms of genre, but Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails yeah. is my favorite. It's my favorite it's, band. I know. 
high school phase. Yeah, no, since since like 2009. But um, <laughs> they've I don't I don't know like they've they've still remained sort of like a companion. I, I feel like they're my outlet for whenever I'm angry, which is like a lot of the time now. <laughs> um, yeah, number three, Rian Sawayama. Number two, Saint Vincent, who is oh. maybe overall my favorite artist. Uh, and the number one, Carly Rae, because after the the concert last year, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was like church, and you know, like I've you know we've Great. spent this we've spent this whole year trying to chase that feeling yeah. that we got from, from the Carly Rae. <laughs> exactly, the cut to that feeling. Oh my god, that was that. literally like the peak of. 2020 that didn't happen greatest, in 2020. Ano, the last yeah. greatest event na maraming tao talaga. Yeah, and like it, it, it just, I mean, I, I, I know that I'm completely biased when I talk about Carly Rae because my connection with her like really just goes beyond the music now because when I listen to her, I think of like the community um, when Dedicated Side B came out. It felt like everyone was listening to it at the same time like as as like a Carly Rae fan base on Twitter. As an iglesia ni Carly Rae. Um, so like whenever I listen to her, I really think of like my friends also. So yeah, <laughs> it was like my your activity on Spotify where you see your friends were all like Carly Rae dedicated. Yeah, yeah, Carly, yeah. Carly, Carly. <laughs> Amazing, we love her. Any last thoughts on myself? Yes, <laughs> on your, on your list. <laughs> Lanaman, I mean, weirdly enough, I feel like. Uh, even if even if it like my top artists and my top songs are like this, I, f- I feel like I'm pretty. I, I listen to like a pretty, uh, a pretty wide variety of music. Like I try to listen to. I, I feel like my my Spotify statistics are more uh, quantity. Like how do I put it? I feel like I listen to more artists than I do like one artist uh, a lot. Panganan. Yeah. So, you know my. My rap said that I was only in the top 0.5% of Carly Rae listeners. And I say only because I know a lot of people who are in like the top 0.01% or whatever. Yeah. So Isn't I don't necessarily... Like a really good, I don't know, a really good like percentage to begin I mean, with. I, I suppose, question mark. I just like leave it on in the shower and then I just, yeah. Take a shower. Anyway, so I think I I've said too much. Mine, <laughs> what my reaction should be to mine because I'm like 1% of Taylor Swift listeners. Wow, that's crazy know. considering her fan base. Yeah. Nga, yeah. That's but like one percent like of ten million or something. something. BTS thing. Oh my god! That's, How do people even crazier. make it that far? Especially when the and fan bases are so big. Oh, oh man, you guys are gonna be shocked. And my, <laughs> oh my, and my, god. And my sister only started listening to BTS when Dynamite came out. So oh. The fact that she's wow. That's pretty recent. That is ridiculous. Exactly. That's crazy. But then, oh, I, but then I'm thinking. I mean, a lot of BTS uh, streams aren't all on Spotify. Yeah, either, I was about to say. Right? To be fair, because like, like in Korea, like Spotify isn't the number one streaming platform. Right? Yeah, they have and obviously the, they're the biggest in Korea. So yeah, yeah, that that's an interesting thing. I think that's also why I think being the top zero percent in certain K- with certain K-pop bands, like with a grain of salt, because I'm like, oh, it's because. It's on Spotify, not on Melon. Yeah, or Genie. And the yeah. Genie Those are the two Melon. big ones, Melon yeah. and Genie. You know you've made it to Korea if your song is like doing well on Melon as a yeah. Korean. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Dren, take the lead as we are talking about Korea. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, so my top five genres. I'll start with that. Number five is hip hop, and I always retain like hip hop is one of my favorite like genres of music. That like one of the few genres I really listen to. Um, and it's probably just because of like Tribe Called Quest and like old school yeah, hip hop. Nice. I don't really listen to like the newer guys. Sorry, but you know, just like Kendrick and just like the obvious guys like Outkast and you know those like classic hip. Like when you think of like who are the greatest hip hop. The groups or people of all time. It's probably those are the people I listen to. I don't really listen to underground that much, uh, which I regret and probably should get into more. And then number four is pop punk, which is just you know I was always like an emo kid in high school, and even now when I'm not like you know when emo is like a stupid thing, I realize like it it's always just like you know the main and like all time low. Like those bands will always be some of my favorite, some of my favorite music. It's kind of like. Emil's Nine Inch Nails, like they're the music I listen to when I'm sad or angry, even though, um, you know, I've been stuck inside literally all the time and all of the pop-ups, pop-punk songs are about like going to the beach and, and whatever. <laughs> uh, number three is pop, which is honestly just probably carried by Rina Samayama and uh, yeah. Harley Ray Jepsen. <laughs> that's, that's probably just it. Uh, because I really can't think of a lot of pop artists I listen to. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm not a big, you know, <gasps> other. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> sacrilege. Just like you know. Sorry, let me just disconnect you from this. Oh yeah, how <laughs> yeah. to kick out a server? A giant like <laughs> reputation tattoo appears on my forehead. Uh, <laughs> no, I think she's. I think she's great, but like for whatever reason, I can't listen to her stuff on repeat, especially the stuff from folklore, because it was so like it made me feel sad which is yeah, what it's supposed to do I but you. i didn't want to feel sad so so yeah um and number two is show tunes just the entire genre of show tunes because broadway like what emil said i i listen to a lot of hades town and dear evan hansen uh, hamilton hades and, town. Town. Is so i love hades town and like, and, and like emil mentioned matilda so i listened to the soundtrack oh my matilda, god just like all oh of god. just like I all right <laughs> so yeah i'm a big uh i can't say i'm a big broadway geek because like i i you know, it's hard to find ways to watch the plays online. Legitimately. But, yeah, legitimately. Um, and we all know we're legit here on Pop Corner. We, we, we really are. Apple. Uh, but, you know, uh, outside of the big musicals, you know, the ones that have won like a 10 Tonys or anything, um, I don't really listen to a lot. Like the SpongeBob musical is probably the <laughs> most uh, question mark one that I saw, but it's really good. So, yeah. And number one, of course, is K-pop. <laughs> and yeah, it's not even yeah. close. I think if they were to show like the difference between the two, it would be a pretty big difference. I think if I listened to the other four genres on four days of the week, K-pop would be the other three days. Like maybe three <laughs> or twice as much. <laughs> three times or twice as much as all the other genres. And it reflects also my top artists, my top songs. My top artists are number one is Twice because yes. I love Twice. And it's, again, it's not really a contest for me. <laughs> When it comes to like my favorite uh, K-pop group, um, there's only one person on my top five artists that isn't a K-pop group, and that is Carly Rae Jepsen at number two. Queen, um, and it's really it's probably because of dedicated side B, honestly. That that she's, really all, she's on all our list. Yeah, yes. the only truly common denominator. Um, number three is Blackpink, which really surprised me because I thought number four, Red Velvet, would be at the number three spot. But Interesting. Considering that Blackpink <laughs> is just like brain-off music, I mean that in the best way possible. Please don't kill me, Blink. Uh, yeah, just it's just, it's brain-off music. Exactly. Like, it's not, it's like, bada bim, bada bim. like, it's not words, oh it's just sounds, <laughs> which is fine. Like, that's totally fine. You could do that in, in music, but 
you know, it's not like uh, it just like compels you. The yeah, no, it's home. fun. It's fun. You want to jump to it. You want to dance to it. It makes me happy, and that that's fine. You know, and they did have that me. documentary also. Yeah, light up the sky. So yeah, and then number four is Red Velvet, um, because uh, even though they didn't get to really do anything this year, other than the subunit and uh, you know performing their old songs, because Wendy was injured the whole year i just love them so much so it goes to show it i i want to say that it says a lot that they're still on this list even yeah. though they didn't release any new music this entire year Three milky way though great oh author. yeah milky way and like you know future when these come back yeah um and then number five is ayu the idol of oh my idols god i love ayu yeah i no, don't Ayu's, even listen to k-pop but no i use like her. the queen <laughs> and uh i think if anyone told me like I'm a big fan of Carly Rae Jepsen, Rina Sawayama, and wanted to get into K-pop, Ayu would be the person okay. I would say. You just described me. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I described all of you because this is all just a, pub- a ploy for me to get you all to listen to K-pop. Yeah, uh, I support that. Yeah, Ayu's just like she's different, man. Like she's like an R&B sort of princess. Yeah, it's like but R&B, yeah. but then she does like a little bit of folk, and she's really like genre bending and in the K-pop world, and she she truly is like an idol among idols in the sense that like. You know, during award shows, uh, nobody really wants to sit with Ayu, not because they don't like her, but because they like she's like a goddess to them, oh, okay. <laughs> which is crazy because those idols are gods to us. So what does that make her, right? Um, what's a Kanye my... song? What's a what's a king to a god? <laughs> I am <or> a god. <laughs> yeah, it's no, that's not Ayu. Yeah. Uh, my top five songs. This is a ridiculous thing. Are all from Twice. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's how much I listen to them this year. But what's number one? Number one is Fancy, uh, and I will go on a little rant here. I've gone on several little rants. I'm so sorry, but that's the number what we're one. Here for. <laughs> the number one uh, song is being Fancy. I think is a testament to me. I had this conversation with my friend, and we talked about. She said that she really feels like in 2019, the song of the year in K-pop should have been Fancy. Sorry to BTS, Boy with Love. But Fancy is such a fantastic song, twice song. And I really think it call, it was like their peak in the sense that like it perfectly balanced what they are now, which is a much more mature group, and what they were before, which was the Nations Girl group, the cute, you know, I want to fall in love type group. It was, it was the, really like the perfect in-between between, uh, between those two. Perfect in-between between those two. But... Uh, you know, I I could talk all day about the K-pop awards and Mama this year, but I won't do that because that'll the five like a, hour or six hour long Mama. Yeah, I watched the entire thing. By the way, I didn't like click away. I didn't eat or anything. Like I sat through the entire six hours to watch <laughs> BTS. As as someone who was from the outside looking in, like I was really wondering why people were still talking about the awards. It's like, <laughs> is it still happening? It I can't yeah. believe it's that long. There were so many like quote-unquote controversial things that happen and it happens every year but this year was tame compared to other years so imagine how bad it was in other years uh like twice got nominated wasn't nominated for song of the year after being nominated for four years in a row since the group's inception which is ridiculous and bts swept all of the awards because of course they're bts blackpink didn't attend the award show i don't think any yg artist attended no i'm not sure about that but uh, they didn't attend the award show despite winning the coveted Best Female Group Award, which is one of the big four awards and the thing. So there was a lot of, of stuff happening. Um, so I'm just going to run through the rest of the five because I've taken up so much time. It's a fancy. <laughs> Number two is What is Love, which is my favorite toy song. Feel special. 
Heartshaker, which is my second favorite Twice song, and then Yes or Yes as the fifth. So a lot of the new age Twice, not a lot of stuff from their first two years, um, a lot of stuff from their uh, third and fourth year. You need to give me like Twice records sometime. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, yeah, sure. If, if, and if Emil, if you want like IU records, sure. Sure, yeah. Okay, so that is our roundup of our Spotify Rap 2020 personal list. And now we will be talking more about other music we love from this year. We mostly have episodes dedicated to these um, albums, but some didn't quite make it into their own episode or had their own. Uh, they just have many segments, more or less. But we'll be talking about the albums that made 2020 for us, for most of us on the Popcorn Pod Squad. Uh, we talk a lot on the chat group that we have, and these are like, a lot of the people that people constantly talk about. So, of course, we'll start, I guess, with the Queens of Pop, or what I would call the gay feeding program of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Because all the gays were fed this year with a lot of their queens coming back with albums that just really made a lot, made it into the mainstream pop conversation, not just with the LGBT community, but, you know, in the mainstream, everyone was just like, buzzing about these albums uh i guess to start that off we have dua lipa with future nostalgia which kind of like started the retro trend this year more or less she was the first one i believe before carly released um dedicated side b and everyone else will be talking about but future nostalgia was a great start i would say to 2020 it was a mix of disco and Dua Lipa really proving... We were talking about this in the last episode. Dua Lipa really proving herself in her sophomore album because a lot of people were like, Dua Lipa can't perform. Dua Lipa can't do this. But, you know, the second album is really uh, a really important um, release in your career, I would say, because after a major hit album with, like, mega hit singles... Um, uh, IDGAF and uh, Isa New Rules and all the other singles she had in between. It's always like, what's next? How will Dua Lipa top Dua Lipa? And she just blew everyone away, I would say, with that MTV EMA's performance and having a TikTok Don't Start Now challenge <laughs> and all that. And just having another feel-good disco-inspired album with future nostalgia. Did you? What did you guys think about this album? I, I still really, really love it. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, as the year went on, as more like pop uh, albums came out, people started saying things like, um, I mean, like sort of started downplaying like what she did in that album. I still really enjoy it. I think that like whoever her producers and whoever her um, musicians were, um, they, they really put in the work because I watch a bunch of like um, YouTube channels where it's like people covering her songs on the bass. And like they really like these like super technical musicians really find a lot of value in like her pop songs, which is like really fun uh, for me because it sort of like legitimizes the genre a little bit more to people who don't really who aren't really into pop. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still I still really enjoy that album a lot. It's very workout friendly, even if I barely work out. Like by workout, I mean like me lying on the ground trying to do sit ups. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. For for me, parang one of the 
standout tracks, of course, aside from Don't Start Now, which started it all, is Break My Heart, which is very mm-hmm. quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I should have stayed at home, but because I, okay. I was doing better alone. You know, that's yeah, big. Ah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say, speaking of like favorites, I feel like yung mga singles were, were the ones that a lot of people sort of latch on to, diba? like Don't Start Now, Break My Heart, um, um, Levitating. But as, as I've listened to the album, like my favorite song from Future Nostalgia is actually Cool. That sort of like very mid-tempo, uh, like sort of, besides, it's it's Sample. different from everything else. Sample. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Showtime pala to. <laughs> yeah, Cool's a great song. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, uh, yun, I was saying, uh, break my heart, just like, that was at the onset of quarantine, everyone being in quarantine, so that was like a great bop for me. Uh, anyone else on Dua Lipa? Um, she featured a lot in K-pop this year. She did. And with Blackpink, and she wrote some lyrics for Twice, uh, which is crazy. Um, so she, and she performed at like the the Mamas last year, I think, which uh, or I'm not sure if it was last year or not, uh, or if it was at an award show this year. But she performed at a you know K-pop award show, which is really crazy. Year. Yeah, last year, um, which is crazy because you know you'd think that some because of the way we treat the Grammys and, and things like that. Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit more later as well. You'd think that some Western artists would think they're quote unquote too big for K-pop. So it's really cool that she went out and went out of her way and did that and wrote lyrics for some artists that she wanted to collaborate with. Uh, and le- what you brought up in the beginning of this discussion was really interesting to me that you know a lot of her stuff sounds like disco, and that was a really big trend in K-pop this year as well. Dynamite, obviously, and um, G Friend also came out of the disco track, and a lot of different K pop groups like 17. I'm just mentioning a lot of companies under Big Hit, which is BTS's company. But <laughs> I swear, like, not, not just them, but like a lot of different K pop groups did disco this year, which is really interesting. Except uh, everyone from SM Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's because SM, like, kind of does whatever they want. They're <laughs> uh, edgy like that. Yeah, exactly. So there was this big disco trend this year, which I found really interesting. And I want to, you know, ask uh, you guys your opinion. It's kind of hard to say if there's trends in music per year because of all of the different genres. But do you think there's sometimes there's like a motif, like a popular thing that that comes up? Like EDM is popular one year, you know, that sort of sound, and it gets integrated into other genres. And now it's like disco, and it's getting integrated to pop. And um, I don't know if it's getting integ- integrated to other genres, but do you think that that's a thing that happens or, or is music, or am I overthinking this and it's really just like, oh, music's whatever? I don't think you're overthinking. I it's mean, actually, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think one thing that happens is if it works for one person, other people want to try it out. You feel? But, yeah. But yeah. also, at the same time, they must have been working on it at the same time. And ah, na- lang yung isa. Mm. But, you know, music is really also just a cycle like clothes are or like trends Mm -hmm. in whatever else music Mm -hmm. just kind of like goes around the cycle of you know we were in our edm phase in 2010 early 2010s then with like (laughs) party rock we could go outside um, it was crazy (laughs) (laughs) uh roses by (laughs) 
Yeah, roses by the chainsmokers. Oh, Chainsmokers. wait, yeah. no, that <laughs> everything no. Zed. Everything, yeah, everything yeah, Zed. Clarity. Clarity. Oh, Emil, do you remember Rain had clarity? Yes, we I. Sorry, this is. I want to make the stupid anecdote. We were at an LFC outing one day, and you know how it is during org outings. You usually get drunk and stuff. So the next day. <laughs> It was this is our room specifically. I don't think Emil was in this room with us. I'm not sure. <laughs> but so we all had a hangover and our friend forgot to turn off his 4:30 a.m. alarm. And <laughs> at 4:30 in the morning, we all have massive headaches. We just want to sleep. Clarity just starts blasting yeah. <laughs> throughout the room. And that's why I hate that song. It has nothing to do with the song. It's just horrible memory. Ayun. So yun nga, parang it's just really like, you know, we'll be back in that phase who knows when cuz in 2015, 2016, nasa 80s na tayo. Now we're in the 70s ish. So I don't know what will come the next. Six, we're gonna go all the way back 90s. to Gregorian chants. My 90s. Hey, we already oh, are okay. going back to Gregorian chants. I mean, I think there was a period in YouTube where people were posting Gregorian chant versions oh, of hits. Amazing. So that's been around for quite a bit. My bad. I'm, I'm behind in my YouTube game. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> yeah. Dua Lipa, any more uh, comments on that? Okay, we will move on to our next category or entry, which is, of course, one of our queens, Miss Carly Rae Jepsen, who we have <laughs> dedicated a whole episode to. Yeah, a two-hour something. A two-hour, 30-something. My goodness. On dedicated side B, and our love for Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, you know, this was just one of the boosts that we had before the pandemic started, but Or... As the pandemic was, no, I think, I think it was like kind of middle. It was just kind of in the middle, I think. You know, it was middle for some people, but I think for us by now, it was closer to the beginning of the yeah, pandemic. Okay, yeah. May, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was okay. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was definitely. Oh my gosh, that came out in May. Yeah. <laughs> How long have we been in this flesh prison? Okay. We're on our tenth month. Month. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yun nga, uh, dedicated was like a boost of serotonin boost for everyone <laughs> at that time when we thought oh it's gonna end soon we're just gonna dance alone <laughs> in our room oh, <laughs> and you know reminiscing the October 2019 party of the year <laughs> Iglesia ni Carly congregation yeah, yeah. at Araneta Center <laughs> uh, <laughs> ayun, uh what else do we have to say? We made a whole two-hour episode about this. Yeah. I wasn't there, so I just want to say Carly Rae's songs, like, even the ones that aren't that happy are still somehow uplifting. Like, she's just so good at the feel-good vibe. I don't understand. And, like, I remember back in 2011, 2012, when Call Me Maybe came out, people were worried about her <sighs> becoming a one-hit wonder because it was so hard to follow Call Me Maybe because it became, it became such a phenomenon. So people were worried for her in her career but like her follow-ups to that were also good and same vibe and feel good like how do you do it <laughs> you just make a hundred songs and release oh my gosh yeah, 200 she writes 200 insane. songs per wow. hour yeah. and, and like yeah, if they're all that quality oh my <laughs> yeah like dedicated side B like it's supposed to be just like outtakes and stuff yeah. and it, yeah. it comes together as like it's own little project and it's yeah. so strong Side B's pala, Dua Lipa kind of announced that she will be having future nostalgia side B. Oh, like the trend. I'm liking this trend, actually. <laughs> I agree. 
I mean, Twice uh, released a rejected title song um, during Mama just recently, and like everyone loved it. It was so good. So, man, release your songs. Like, you don't it, know what we'll like. Has that been released officially? No, they just, it was, oh my God, the, the moment when it started, when they started performing it, like in my head, I was like, I don't know the song. What are they singing? And I thought it has to be a cover. And I looked it up and it didn't exist. And I realized that they were performing. An original song, unreleased song live, which was insane because it was completely unannounced. And I don't think any group in the world has ever done that, where they announce a song by performing it at an award show. <laughs> and they're really on a roll. They had two albums this year, ba? One mini album and one, one full album. And uh, well, the their mini albums kind of go into the full album, so it's it's better to say that they had a full album release. But it's only their second full album, so yeah, it was it was a pretty big deal for once us. Yeah, twice wins. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mamaya, K-pop, dun tayo sa K-pop, ano, mag-usap about K-pop. But Carly Rae, yes, just listen to episode, our dedicated episode to dedicated. <laughs> um, it's two hours plus plus if you love Carly Rae Jepsen, you can hear all about that. And speaking of ep- um, other albums we made episodes on, we have, of course, Lady Gaga's Chromatica, which people were really raving about this as well. It's Lady Gaga's return to her early pop days or more of like her 2009 pop era. It's a return to form with Lady Gaga and she made all these all this news collaborating with Blackpink, collaborating with Ariana Grande as the gayest song of the year maybe, <laughs> Rain On Me. <laughs> we also have Elton John on that album as well and also really good songs. That whole um, Chromatica 2 to 911 transition just made it into the internet for a long while until now as one of the best transitions ever in an album maybe and another boost of like you know partying and also feeling a bit vulnerable inside as Lady Gaga was like putting her emotions out there into her party songs so late, Chromatica was just also a great album for me this year and we have an episode on that but anyone else on Chromatica? It was a nice concept and like the like chromatic as a place and I enjoyed her performances for it. Like her performance of Rain on Me on was it the was it the AMAs or the people MTV VMAs. Yeah, the MTV VMAs. I enjoyed that performance. Like her and Ariana, they they did really well. To think they were also singing with masks on. Yep. That was great. And you know, the whole Lady Gaga, you know, the movement of the American elections, not to put more politics into this but you know lady gaga was brought back all her old costumes and all that you know lady gaga just continues to evolve and you know be a chameleon as well throughout the years and 2020 is no different with the land of chromatica i just wish it got more love from the grammys last in in this nomination um set of nominations rather um if no one else has anything to say about lady gaga we move on to miss taylor swift folklore Uh, which we also have a full episode about. It's a payong two-hour-plus episode about <laughs> folklore because it really affected a lot of people so much, including myself. I feel like I wouldn't have, aside from K-pop, I wouldn't really have survived 2020 and what happened in my life without folklore at the background. Like, uh, Exile was just a mood for a while. It made me really, really sad. and But it, it moved me to do something 
I should have done a long time ago, career-wise, I would oh, say. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that He just was, launches into, like, this full-on... Pugot na pala to. But, you know, it's really, like, the message... It just came at the right time. And Taylor Swift just, you know, without all the pop machinery that she usually has, just dropped it, and everyone loved it. We had... Um, the Nationals, Aaron Desner over there, of course, with Jack Antonoff as well, producing that album. And, you know, this is really a perfect quarantine album. Rolling Stone recently named it as their number one album of the year. Oh, wow. Folklore. So, yeah, I won't say, I won't delve in much into folklore anymore because we keep on talking about it every other week anyway. <laughs> I feel like there's always something to say about folklore because of the emotions and the fact that she really just surprised us with it. I mean, I don't think we knew about the album until a day before. And I remember her yeah. mentioning in the Disney Plus special that the label didn't know it was a thing until a week before. And I also like how she had her boyfriend on it, Joe, Joe uh, Allen. Yeah, he did the piano for Exile. And I think. And he wrote Exile, part of it. Yeah, he wrote Exile. Like, I think it's. I think it's nice that they got the right songs together during quarantine. It just really proves, you know, no matter what people say about her and no matter how people try to cut her career, like Scooter Braun and what happened this year, mm. she will always come find a way to come back to the top and try to outmaneuver everyone maneuvering over her, if that's what you say. Oh, that's what you can say about that. But uh, up up next from Taylor Swift, of course, are the re-recordings of her past seven al- first seven albums on their big machine. Uh, there was a preview of Love Story, if you guys haven't heard. Uh, the new re-recorded version of Love Story is in a commercial made by Ryan Reynolds. So it's for Match, that dating app. So Oh, is this the, the one with the Satan? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's one. 2020, yeah. Cool. That's, the, that's the new version of Love Story, apparently. And it doesn't sound like... Obviously, iba na yung bosses niya, and it sounds much better. But if you compare, I guess you'll just listen to the new one to support her than the old ones. That's anything else on folklore? I mean, I, I, wa- I wasn't in the folklore episode. I just want to say that pre-2020, I really wasn't a Taylor Swift fan. Like, Not that I disliked her aggressively, um, but I, I just... It just never was my kind of stuff, and then folklore just completely changed it around. Like I'm, I'm in a position where I, I really, really want her to win album of the year compared to like all the other nominees. Um, which would, fun fact, if she wins next year, she would be the, uh, she would be the third person to win album of the year three times next to Frank Sinatra and Stevie Wonder. Damn, wow. so that's 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 pretty that is big company, company right there. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I just think it's. Like coming from a completely unbiased perspective, I think it's a fantastic album. I think Last Great American Dynasty is one of the best written songs of the entire year. Like that's my favorite track that I got off folklore. So I'm I'm just happy for her and I'm happy to be finally a Taylor Swift fan, I guess. Like I'm motivated to actually listen to her older stuff now. Welcome uh, to the club. Welcome yeah. to the club, as you should. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> no. You just see Paula and I Paula Tola, you just see Max and Chola just put out their pitchforks and their <laughs> Uh I thought it was great, of course. Like you guys have pretty much said everything. And uh, what I want to th- point out really quickly, Long, is that 
I just think Taylor Swift has such a unique way of writing songs. I don't know how to explain it, but I can tell when it's a Taylor Swift song because she doesn't settle on... She really likes telling a story. And I know a lot of writers do that in their lyrics. But I mean, like, she takes you to a... Like, she describes the setting and she describes the, you know, like, that, that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm reading a novel when, when I listen to her songs, which is really cool and, and pretty unique to her, I think, specifically, and the way she makes her music. I'm not saying she's the only one that does it, but um, for whatever reason, the words that she chooses, the way she says them, is very Taylor Swift, and I think that's really cool. She's a lyrical genius, no doubt. Like, okay, this line isn't from folklore. I think it's from Reputation, from Delicate. She says, handsome, you're a mansion with a view. And like, for me, that's such a, like, it's such an interesting line because she's saying someone is a mansion with a view. And what you get with a mansion, like a mansion has the implication that it's nice inside and out. And it even has a good, like, outlook. Like, how do you even think about these things? He's just a genius and folklore right? is really you know it it, it compelled a lot of non taylor swift believers into thinking she's legit now no i mean diba, you'd always just like brush her off as so it just you know, yeah, like you're yeah, calling yeah, out right. the meal <laughs> yeah I all right it. i was like okay i get okay. it okay i get it no, no, no yeah, but like, like okay, you know relax. people who are more into like folk music or indie yeah, yeah, music yeah, yeah. taylor yeah. swift just kind of like made them believe that she can do music like that and that she's not just the pop star that everyone knows her to be. Like, uh, yeah, parang I didn't even, I'm not really a folk pop person or a folk person, but it made me appreciate it more with this album. And uh, if you watch the Long Pond sessions of Taylor Swift Folklore, it gives you more insight to the whole album of Folklore and what the songs are about and how the songs were made. And I just really appreciated it even more. Like as Max was saying, yung, one of the lyrics of the lakes were about, um, tell me what are your words worth? And he was, she was also referring to a poet named Wordsworth at the same time. So that's all, all the lyrical play in there. It's just like amazing. So go watch that, listen to the album, uh, and listen to our episode about Taylor Swift's folklore. <laughs> um, other albums, I guess, I really like Kylie Minogue's disco as well. I'm not sure if you guys feel the same thing about it. I haven't listened to it. I haven't listened to it. I haven't listened to it either. I'm sorry. sorry. But I love Kylie Minogue. I really, really No, yeah, I was about to say, I only know Kylie Minogue from The Voice UK. That's how I was introduced to her. And from then, like, you know, I listened to a couple of her things. And obviously, she would perform in the show. And I thought she was a lovely human being. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, by the title of the album which is called disco it's a disco album <laughs> and it's just like one of those you want to dance along to it albums as well and uh it kind of boosted kylie minogue back into the scene more or less i would say now you know it's kylie minogue's been in the industry for maybe 30 years now more or less and the fact that she can still make something that some people will talk about or an amount of people will talk about is interesting at the very least and it's a really fun album to listen to if you want some disco fun. Um, next, a surprise hit album as a number one rock album right now is Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts. I'm not sure if you guys also listen. Have not. I have not listened. To- I haven't listened to the whole thing, but <laughs> I've only heard good things. Yeah, aside from Taylor and Carly, one of the people I talk about a lot. 
on the show is Miley Cyrus. And this was like very a revelation of Miley Cyrus and what she can do with her music. Although it's not completely surprising, but her parang it's just a head banging album. Yeah, it's, I was about to say, like, isn't it a rock album? That's cool. It is. And all the features on this album are just great. You have Joan Jett, you have Billy Idol, you have Stevie Nicks, you have Dua Lipa also on this album. And those are just really good songs as well. So go check out Miley Cyrus' Plastic Hearts uh, if you have the chance. Other uh, Another release this year was Ariana Grande, although, again, I wasn't really completely floored by that album. I, wanted, I just want to say that. Do you guys have thoughts? I don't know. I don't really listen to Ariana. Same. Same. <laughs> Sorry, this went Sorry, this man. downhill so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, next. I'm uh, Rina Sawayama, take Yes. Me. Yeah, okay, uh, we got it. Now, now we're done. I'm sorry, I have not heard. Oh my God, Max, you will love her. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Like if you the know boys. Her, like yeah. the boys. Just knowing yes. from what I know about you, I think you would love her. Yeah, and hearing your music specifically, Max, I feel like. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah, she, she really started as like a... fans? Uh, Pixels. Okay. Yeah. But she really started as like a bedroom pop artist, but she's so influenced by the 90s. Um, and she's weird. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Am I... Were you going to say something? Because I feel like I'm just going to take over this. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay. Like, just to get ahead of myself, like the... In terms of like my favorite albums of the year, my favorite album of the year is her debut. Uh, LP in Sabayama. Um, just because I feel like she, like, so much of the album is about her trying to figure out what her, like, who she is, what her identity is, because she's an, uh, a, she's a British citizen. Her parents are Japanese. Um, she's pansexual. And she grew up in, like, this internet age. And so, like, she talks a lot about um, gender and, and uh, race and her heritage and whatnot. And she packages it all into, like, songs that sound like Britney Spears one second and then like Linkin Park Evanescence the next yes. second. It's really, oh wait, that really sounds cool interesting. Stuff. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I'm, no, I'm just yeah. so glad that she sort of goes for it and she's unapologetic about it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, rem- I will remember listening to that album for the first time for the rest of my life because I was maybe like eight songs in and like there was not one that didn't make me smile like an idiot. So like, I, I mean, I, shameless plug, I liked it so much that I wrote something about it on oh my god i'm gonna look for the the link but yeah like that, that that's how that's how much i love her anyway yes go uh, <laughs> thank you for that very insightful Emil made me listen to her after we did like a trade like i showed him some k-pop stuff yeah. which hopefully enjoyed and then he showed me arena sawayama song that i loved and then from there it was over because by the time Bad Friend was premiering on YouTube, I was one of the thousands waiting for it to come out. Like, that's how quickly I became yeah. a fan of her. And I think, I genuinely think, I'm surprised Bad Friend wasn't anywhere on my Spotify rap because I listened to that song on loop, especially when I, like, run. Because, first of all, the music video is, like, Akira Kurosawa yeah, cinematography, yeah, yeah. which is crazy because, like, you know, it's such an old school. And I don't know who she got to do it. I don't know if she had was part of the creative process of the music video, but it's, like super accurately Akira Kurosawa and although obviously all of his work is super well known in the film world it's hard to replicate what he does you know in the music video especially and the song the song Bad Friend I think 
like it might be my favorite song of the year and that's like with k-pop you know what i mean oh, wow. that's that's what that's how much i to be fair like you know not a lot of things in k-pop hit me this year but uh i what i love about her especially is that uh, similar she's the only other artist i would say outside of carly Jepsen, where i feel like the lyrics instead of feeling like wow how did she think of that which is how you describe taylor swift and how i feel about you know, certain writers, not just in music, but you know, in general, their their lyrics make me feel like they're a friend talking to me. Like it yeah, flows yeah. so naturally and it feels like they just came up with it on the spot and just put it there. But it's also so precise that I can't help but feel like the geniuses because of how well it fits into the song, how well it captures the emotion, and how perfectly it fits how I would describe what they're also going through. So it really feels like a friend talking to me, which I, it's so lovely. And yeah, listen to Bad Friend. That, that's like does a, good... a song shout out to Carly Rae, right? Yeah, in, in, the, in yeah. Bad Friend, she mentions listening to Carly in 2012. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> which is like, of course, of course you guys are friends. Very meta. So, yeah. Same. So I, I, I will shut up now. Because like, Emil, I, I think only I listened to that album maybe twice. Twice? I will listen to it yeah. more. Sorry. Now that you mentioned it. I mean, it, you know, despite me, it, I feel like me and Emil might have oversold. Now I'm scared because it's like, what if you oh, no, no. I, I like I liked a bunch of those songs, but I never really got the time to like okay. bask in them. All right. Emil and has unyielding faith. I'll, I'll be no, and, and to be fair, Naman, like, I feel like she really writes like a rock musician. So I, I can understand why a lot of um, like pop fans can't really warm up to her because like the first three songs in Sawayama have like intense, like heavy metal guitar. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I understand. But we know you guys have taste and we trust your taste and that's why oh we're here. Don't. So we're here to like curate people's taste about what we're <laughs> Vote them off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, other pop uh, from this year. I was, again, Love's How I'm Feeling was one of my early 2020 jams. Same with Max. Uh, any other pop albums that were sta- that stood out this year? Wala ko maalala aside from everything I just mentioned. Those are really like my top albums of the year. Um, see, Denny wanted to mention Women in Music Part 3. And yeah. Phoebe like, Bridgers yeah. also had a year this year. Oh my god, yeah. Punisher is so sad. <laughs> but it's also very good. No, um, Denny also wanted to mention um, his favorite album of the year is uh, Saint Cloud by Waxahachie. Uh, who is a uh, American folk musician? Um, I really like it as well, but he's definitely like the authority, so I'm, I can't really describe it. I think I can't really do it justice, but it's it's very uh, it's it's like old school Americana folk music and really relaxing. And Katie Crutchfield's voice is um, really really distinctive and unique. So I would I would also recommend it. I wouldn't say it's among my favorites, but it's it's I understand why he likes it so much. And Ace also wanted to say something. He said something last week. Never the Strangers? Yeah, Ace, <laughs> Ace from Never the Strangers. Of course, stream Never the Strangers. Yes. We like their music. Hang is a good song. Uh, a recent song they released. Uh, and we have an episode with Ace earlier this year as part of our anniversary special. Um, see, Ace also had an album he wanted to talk about, but I haven't heard that song yet. We will find it later on and talk about it. Uh, but aside from that, uh, we had to OPM Muna 
before we head to K-pop because Jiren and I would probably have a lot to say about K-pop. Uh, OPM, any faves from OPM? Ako may list ako dito. Um, of course, SB19. I really like the group. I admire their hustle and their talent. Uh, Alab came out late 2019, but became was one of the singles of 2020. And then the pandemic happened, and they released an album. And they have a really good song as well called "Hanggang sa Huli." It's a ballad, naman, by SP19. Uh, I just really like their music, and uh, I guess that really proves why 18 or their fans really love them as well. So oh, that's a fan of that school. That's very sorry. Cool. They have a fandom name. 18. Yes, 18. That's cool. Because 19, <laughs> and <laughs> parang and, twice. and 18 because it's a play on atin and 18. Ah, <laughs> see, yeah, you think these K-pop fandom names are you're made up like you know like Blink? You know? No, no, no. It's, it's <laughs> like Army. What does Army stand for again? No, because BTS means like solo soldiers. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I know this. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Emil. Thank you. So it's you know we're like the army. It does stand for something else, but like I'm I'm not an authority. I can explain what what means. Army. Wait, speaking of sorry, speaking of OPM. Also, if we're still talking about that, like I'll chip yeah. in also. Um, the the four of spades boys have been doing great work like separately. <laughs> Like um, yeah. Unique's uh, Unique's album Pangalan is really strong. Um, Sizzled also released his de- debut album in Homework Machine, which I also really like. Um, one like Filipino Japanese pop artist who's uh, who I really like also is Enamori, who oh, Anna's her... really, she really has good music too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then since we we're talking about local hip hop a while ago, I'll just plug also. I don't listen to a whole lot of. Um, local hip hop, but there's like a few. There are a few albums I've listened to that I've really enjoyed. So, um, Sitats Maven has an album called Sige Simula. Um, uh, Prolet has an album called Baptismo, and then uh, the album Ultima Fantasma by, by Tito Uncle and Scarly. So, I mean, it's just Scarly. Yeah, it's it's out there, and if it's usually not as um, Please available. Please email it, email. Yeah, <laughs> Now, sometimes because they're just on SoundCloud or on Bandcamp and stuff like that, and can be a little harder to find. But it's always interesting, so I would I would also um, signal boost that that stuff. Other uh, OPM faves from you guys before I continue my list. Max- Maxine Cruz. Thank you for doing that, so I wouldn't have to <laughs> <laughs> joke. I'm releasing a Christmas song on December 20th oh, called dang. "Because It's Christmas," which I did with my You're friend for airtime, Max. Joke. Which I did my friend, and he made a dog finalist, Kenneth Rayonica. So wow. watch out, guys. Review it in January. Yeah, sure. I'm watching you, Joe. <laughs> wow. Okay. We will have I'll... an interview episode with Max. Oh no! I should just leave it on loop so that it's in my Spotify 2021. Oh yeah, do, that. do it, <laughs> joke. Well, apo, uh, Ben and Ben. If you're talking about Ben and Ben, Lifetime came out this year, and that was just like, ang bilis nila ginawa yung song nayon from the fact that they, it came from a comment on one of their other videos, and they made a song out of it, and it's just like a really sad song about what ifs and. Who could have been and the ones that got away, and that's one of my favorite Ben and Ben songs of all time. I would say already, 
And then uh, if you listen to, if you watch Gaya Sa Pelikula, one of the songs featured there as well, Celos by The Bowels, They Orbit. Also one of my faves is here. Naka-LSS siya yung Celos, Celos. Even before it was on Gaya Sa Pelikula, uh, it's already on my radar. Um, Paubaya by Moira. Isa pa yung masakit na song talaga. Um, go listen to it. I don't know what she, ano yung pinaghugutan niya kasi masaya naman siya with her husband. You know, I don't know, like how could Taylor Swift be happy and still make sad songs? That's the genius of music, right? It's a mystery. It's 2020. It's 2020. But yeah, that's right. Like because you brought up Lifetimes by Ben and Ben, like it kind of made me think that a lot of the songs that really became hits over quarantine are the ones that are super reflective. Like that one asking like, what if the, the ones that got away? And I guess because we're in quarantine and we have more time to think because life isn't as fast-paced as when we were going to going out, like going to work, going to school, going out to their friends. We have more time to think. And I guess even if you are like in a happy place in your life, you can't help but think about those things that usually you don't think about. Yeah, that's totally true. And, you know, it's been a year of reflection talaga for mm-hmm. many of us. Uh, may it be in our careers, our personal lives, and other aspects as well. Um, aside from that, uh, any other OPM faves? Ako, this year, came, uh, Paradise Rising came out from the Philippines. So that's the 88 Rising Filipino counterpart called Paradise Rising. It had songs from Kiana V, Fern, um, Jason Dakal, and other people as well. That was a pretty solid album as well, or EP. Uh, si Nadine had her Wildest Dreams um, right. album and visual experience. Uh, yeah, that album, that really impressed me in how Nadine could come up with such a spectacle of a visual album at, in the middle of the year. <laughs> um, and it had, it had some good songs as well. White Rabbit yata yung gusto ko doon na song ni Nadine. Um, and lastly, um, Zach Tobildo, he's an up, upcoming, up-and-coming artist. He has a song called Nangangamba. Yun yung naalala ko from him this year. And of course, my faves from Universal Records before. Uh, Paulo Sandejas, listen to his music. Isa Rodriguez, Tala. Uh, they still have a lot of good music. As, along with Fern, see Fern's song from Paradise Rising is called Kauri. That was inspired by the anime uh, Your Lie in April, and that was oh. really oh. amazing. So listen to Kauri by Fern and all his other songs as well. And we also have uh, at, we also had an episode with Fern earlier this year, so go listen to that. Upcoming naman si Paolo Sendejas, so abangan nyo yun. And uh, any last OPM pahabols? Um, yeah. So now we head to K-pop. Here we go, Dren. Take it away. Dren, take, take it, away. it away. We'll just be here. <laughs> uh, I already talked about so many of like the things. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I will start go with ahead, NCT. And there we go. That's what I did. <laughs> I started. I started this year lang. Uh, we had that NCT episode uh, maybe a month ago, and we had seven comebacks in total, and that was crazy to experience in one whole year. Uh, Helps when there are 23 members. Wait, and what do you mean by comebacks? Like they disappear uh, and then they come back? 
I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not familiar. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. No, I, I got confused also at first. No, yeah. please, please, please don't apologize because the terminology in K-pop is really dumb. It's really probably because it's probably because it's meant to be said in Korean and we just directly translated it to English. So comeback <laughs> is just a new single release. Oh, but, okay, okay. You've been gone for like three months, maybe. And then you quote unquote come back with a new song, which is just a single. Usually, yep. maybe it comes with a few other songs, but sometimes it's just a single. Yeah. So for NCT, we had like one two seven had an album or a package. Dream had an album, a mini album. Wavy had an album, also, and then we have NCT Resonance Part One and Two. So that's and we also have Super M. To add to that, so that's like seven comebacks featuring NCT members, and that was a lot. But that was also great getting into the whole K-pop scene through NCT. Uh, aside from, of course, BTS being my gateway into K-pop, uh, NCT has really saved my 2020. Aside from folklore, uh, the whole merch of it all, and the whole, <laughs> and it's just really nice to appreciate music you don't necessarily understand but you connect with and nct was just i'm just continued I, i continue to be amazed at the whole concept and we were shocked to have two new members this year <laughs> uh on top of the already existing 21 what can you say about nct dren from your perspective Uh, I'm not the biggest NCT fan because they're 23 members, and I think that's insane. Uh, in terms of memory, like I think it's fine as a K-pop group, but I think it's just so demanding to have to remember all 23 members. But it took I me did, three months to learn everyone. <laughs> I did get to see, you know, a lot of their comebacks, and I got to see the performance at Mama, which was insane. It was like the craziest thing, and their music video for Resonance is like the most cinematographic. Ambitious. I don't even know what the word is, but like the camera movies, the production. It was delicious. It was like they spent a million dollars on one music video. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen it, Max and Deville, it's crazy how much effort they put. It's like they rented out a stadium just so that they could have this music video. So they like, could all fit. Yeah, <laughs> look the way they wanted it to look, and they had amazing CG in it and, and everything. So. It's crazy uh, that NCT has this much success and and that they continue to have so much success. Their music is, you know, very much fourth generation K-pop mm-hmm. boy group. Nobody in this call knows what that means, so I don't know why I said it. But it's very aggressive and it's very like I'm going to use my voice to say something important, which is you know very reminiscent of early BTS, which is really interesting. So uh, I think NCT is a group that strikes me as, you know. Like the most chameleon among all of the groups, like Red Velvet, um, their fellow SM group is also a chameleon. But NCT is so much more so that because of the crazy diversity of the members and their music is just it can go from anywhere. They released like a acoustic song right before Resonance, I think. So I yep. they're a very exciting group. I think that's what it I'll really say about is. That. And they're I mean not to be super biased, which I am, <laughs> but they're really on their way to the top. Of the groups in Korea, mm. of course, the B- Billboard socials mark BTS as number one. EXO was there as the second boy group, and NCT was already at number three. So that means that NCT is on their Wait, way. Sorry, who's number two? Um, parang BTS tapos EXO yata that's a Billboard Exo, okay, yeah, top fifty socials, mm. and SB19 was number six on that list. Yeah, so BTS and NCT and EXO. Yeah, atin, atin. Go 18 talaga. 
So NCT, we all, we also have a whole episode about NCT. So go listen to that. But you know, resonance is a, probably a good gateway to see twenty three members all in one. And- oh my God, it's insane! <laughs> it's That's the whole class. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. happy to have witnessed history in that mama stage, seeing all twenty three. I got the chills. Mm, yeah, I, it was like the intro was like super long, which made me laugh. But you know, just yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. Seeing all of them was like, oh my God. Like those aren't backup dancers. Like those are still members. <laughs> but just uh, FYI, lang you don't really have to stand all twenty-three. You can just choose one of. Yeah, they, they have like three different subgroups. So yep. you just have to choose one, and then you can go however you want to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to copy me and my friend <laughs> to stand everyone. <laughs> okay, next BTS, of course, Dynamite. Very <sighs> nice. That question we were asking last week in our Grammys episode. Um, parang yun nga the fact that they also sweep the Mama Awards parang I don't know that's a question na parang, of course we don't wanna um, trigger any armies listening to this oh, let's trigger them let's trigger them they need to hear But, this yun nga eh, parang is it unfair that you win just because you're BTS in this in this arena of K-pop na so much good music has come out this year yeah. of course BTS is one of them and they Came out with really good albums this year, but the fact that you know, if you don't make them win one category, will is it just pandering to the army because the army will get super mad and say it was rigged and stuff? Because other groups also deserve that award, right? For me, huh? yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh what I'll say about BTS is that. I'm gonna start this with a disclaimer that that I'm not the biggest BTS fan. I love them and I do consider myself Army, but I know there are people out there who are much bigger fans than I am. So, um, I think they deserve to win all of the awards that they did because of the impact they had. Just sheer numbers. It's just impossible to argue um, what they've done. Although I do think, and this is a point my friend made, and I look back on it, you know, like yesterday maybe, and I, I did. Agree with her that I don't think Dynamite should have been the music video that won everything for them because on which was their first single in 2020 uh, or late 2019, I'm not sure, um, was arguably better in some ways. I think the music video was definitely yeah, better. Music like, video was like Lion King level. Yeah, it was like crazy, and and you know I can't believe that like uh, you know everyone talks about Dynamite, but what about On? What about Life Goes On? Both of those songs are fantastic, so they could have won for a variety of things. It showed yeah. a lot of like. Yeah, it showed a lot of their um, flexibility and not just your numbers, but clearly they work really, really hard. They work they harder. Do. They work as hard, if not harder, than everyone else. Otherwise, why would they have success? They had no business being as successful as they are, right? And they have affected Korean economy by what, what percent? Yeah, what percent, ba? The, yeah, like like something ridiculous like 4% or something. Yeah, they contribute that much to the whole Korean economy. So yeah. you really can't received, blame them. They received a medal from like the South Korean president <laughs> honoring them and they made a law which is now going to be called the Jin law or the BTS law which states that people who have contributed significantly to Korean society can choose to push, delay their military enlistment, which is mandatory for any Korean man. And it has been that way. For the first time ever. Yeah, for the first time ever. For like 30 years, it's been that way because of, you know, the tension between North Korea and South Korea. That's how important they are. And you're telling me they don't deserve this award? Like, of course they do. They do, they do. Yun nga, pero 
brings into consideration nga, the commercialism of it all the dynamite yeah. of course it's the biggest one of the biggest songs of the year but mm. they deserve a lot of credit from for non-english non-full english songs yeah that they put uh, I what I want to say about the the Mama and the Grammys also in general is that people need to stop taking these award shows so seriously. Yeah. Like they are not the be all end all of like oh my god, like they won song of the year. That means it's the best song of the year. No, it's not. That just means white people like the song. Like exactly. that's that's what being given a Grammy or an Oscar means. Okay, and the reason why we celebrate these wins, I want to clarify. Like when Parasite won Best Picture, or in my opinion, when BTS inevitably wins a Grammy. We're not celebrating that the white people like the song or the movie. That's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that the world is becoming wider. People yep. are starting to consider these songs that aren't even in English, you know, in the Western world, and they're becoming so big that the Grammys cannot deny them. That's what's important. That we have to. That's what we have. What we have to remember, right? That means that not just the government, it's becoming decentralized, right? It's not just the West that gets to say what's important anymore. Because if a song can get this big in the East that the West has to acknowledge it, then that means we're finally turning the tables that like, you know, it's not just like we look at what Hollywood's doing and we copy them. No, now Hollywood wants to copy us. They want K-pop artists to feature on their songs. That's what's important. That's the significance of the award. Who cares that the old white people like the song, okay? <laughs> like, that doesn't matter. It's the impact that that the award has that's what matters so stop worrying about it so much man like okay <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna call out a specific group i get it psycho didn't win song of the year it sucks they didn't get to promote the song okay red velvet like fans river loves psycho was probably sixth or seventh on my top songs i love that song red velvet should they have won song of the year um, for Psycho, maybe, but they didn't get to promote it. That's like saying that you should award the NBA championship to the team that had an injured star player. They were injured. They didn't get to play. That doesn't mean you give the award to them just because they got injured. Wendy was unfortunately injured this entire year, and it sucks. I Wendy's like my favorite member in Red Velvet. So don't don't me, okay? Don't <laughs> add you. They deserve to win that award. They got to promote. Yeah. <laughs> And Ooh. to mention that Red Velvet <laughs> appeared. Thanks, Emil. I saw you like clapping. Thank you. Go, Dred. Standing Red ovation. Velvet, at least Red Velvet appeared on Trolls World Tour. That's oh my complete. God. Please don't talk about Trolls World Tour. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm not going to talk about Trolls World as much as I love K pop. I, I draw the line somewhere. <laughs> well, okay, next. After BTS, well, we, we know and love BTS. We also had an episode on Map of the Soul 7. Earlier this year, I can't believe that was earlier this year, paren talaga. Um, but you know, BTS is BTS. Um, they already have, and we will, we won't have to talk more about them. So we have a whole episode dedicated to them as well. Um, Blackpink. We were saying things about Blackpink earlier. The album, unfortunately, Ice Cream was on that album, but the rest was oh, pretty Lord. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the rest of the album more than like Ice Cream and. Uh, how you like that honestly like I, they really give me like a really strong girl group if you guys like little mix or those types of like you know you go girl girl groups like um, woman empowerment i think you'd like the other songs on the blackpink album that's all i want to say about that um ano pa? red velvet uh, of course psycho psycho yeah that uh, i mean like maybe their best um album slash song to date Eyes Wide Open also from Twice. Sorry, Cholo, I don't know if you're going to bring that up. But I have to yeah, give a shout out yeah. to Twice. That 
you know, they came up with an album that I think is better than their first and might be my favorite album from them so far. A lot of really, really good B-side tracks in that album. I agree. That was, uh, I listened, sometimes I listen to albums and they're like, okay, I like the title track, but the rest, the B-sides aren't that great. But this album was, I had a lot of uh, songs that I put on my library from it. Oh, nice. And, uh, what else? Seventeen had the uh, oh yeah, left and right left and, and right uh, this year, which is also a complete pop. Yeah, really good dance music if you're into dance music. Seventeen, um, uh, extremely cool. underrated too because they're under the same company as BTS. Now no, before, yeah, because they, they bought Pledis. <laughs> because Pledis is now on their big hit. Yeah. Uh um, my God, I feel like I'm gonna miss Mama Moo. Sorry, like a lot of really good. I mean, it's hard to say like albums from K-pop because they're like mini albums. But yeah, Mamamoo had Hip and Aya, which I didn't like as much. But Hip was amazing. So I also liked ano uh, Blue Hour by Tomorrow by Together. Oh yeah, such a catchy song. Yeah, well, let's such... do that. They're also on their big hit. Yeah, they're like the dancing of uh, big hit, of of big hit of BTS. Yeah. So don't don't sleep on TXT also. And then there was um, Espa. I spell. Oh, sorry. I don't know. If, I don't think that was an album. It was just a. It was just a song. But there's a lot of. Ah, uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say there was a lot of radicalization. I think this year in K-pop, which is maybe why I didn't like it as much as previous years, in terms of like the content that came out. But it's great to see that like all of like the EXO members were all coming back with their solo stuff and. Yep. And all and IU of course, uh, yep. Zico in the hip more oh hip hop world. What's that Zico song? The happy song. Oh, the any song. The any song. It's just yeah, any it's song. Yeah. Really you might, song. you guys might like that song too. It's it's really fun. Yeah. Oh, and... you might have heard it on TikTok. Yeah, you, you might have heard it on TikTok. Ah, uh, oh my God, I was gonna Day Six. Sorry, Day Six. Oh I my gosh, mention... Zombie. Yeah, I want to mention the K Rock world with Day Six and N Flying and all those other amazing bands. Uh, should get recognition as well. Zombie English version. Also it's really... 2020. That's just 2020 for a lot of people. Yeah, parang that was also one of my maybe theme songs of the year, Zombie. Mm-hmm. If you listen to it, you'll get what I mean. But it's really about like what you feel and getting into that emotion. Yeah, You're tired and, like, yeah. and if you feel like literally a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also like uh, Beckyun's Delight. Uh, Candy, yeah. Candy was a bop. And he was the first uh, solo million seller, Tama. Yeah, that's season. crazy. Congrats to him. Um, EXO still very, very powerful. Yep, EXO is really powerful still. And this, they're second gen, pa, diba? Yeah, they are. Technically, I don't know. We could, I could get into that, but I won't. Um, <laughs> I is one. There's G Friend. I'm just going through, like, I'm, I'm not even talking Treasure about Treasure Yata is popular this year, also, right? Treasure, yeah. Oh my god, people are gonna kill me for not going into these albums, but I can't. I can't go into all of them. I'm just mentioning. We will them. probably have a K-pop dedicated episode sometime. I'm yeah, it's gonna kidding. be six hours. No, I'm just joking. Featuring It'll be six <laughs> hours of Dren talking. Like it's <laughs> just, just no one else is really gonna have a chance to speak. It's gonna, it's gonna be a spin-off podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're into K-pop porn. And he's gonna show his face because he's gonna no. have visual aids. He's gonna have a whole blackboard. We're gonna go head to head with oh, Eric no. Nam's um, I know. Oh my gosh! Podcast, yeah. Eric. <laughs> Eric, if you're listening, you're not. But I love you so much. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. We 
I, I'm definitely Super Junior. Sorry, uh, I'm just like remembering albums. Super Junior's 15th uh, year anniversary came out. And Boa's 20th year anniversary. Yeah, and Boa's 22. Okay, sorry, I'll stop now. <laughs> so I mean, K-pop, it's just amazing, and I'm happy I got into it this year. I'm sure Duran's been here longer than I have nah. in the K-pop world. <laughs> you probably have. Last year, kapag no, I'm just more like obsessive than you, I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Like I'm the kind of person to spend like every waking moment on a new hobby, which sounds horribly unhealthy. I'm so, why am I saying <laughs> this on a podcast? But uh, I've only been like into K-pop since like April. But um, I really like, wow. yeah. Or, but I really made it like my waking, you know, like every day, you know, do research and try to catch up. And K-pop's perfect for that for you people out there that need a new hobby. There's so much content, so. NCT. Yeah. Oh man, and... I can't do a hand thing. You're cheating because I don't have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> you bought it. See, okay, you're you're definitely in deeper than me. I don't have a light stick. <laughs> Tapos, ano pa ba? Also, shout out to Scrub also, who's a Thai band, mm-hmm. and because of together the series, their songs also made it into the mainstream. Oh world. yeah. Oh, I forgot. Oh, listen to Scrub. That's Scrub. C S C R U B B. They have really catchy songs, but they're in Thai, so you wouldn't really understand it. But it's also a vibe. That's K-pop, also. So you know, if you're a fan of K-pop, it doesn't matter. It really, as you were saying, it really widens the world. Nah, you get to appreciate things you wouldn't normally mm. think you can appreciate, but you have the capacity. Believe in yourself. Be a K-pop stan. <laughs> wow, that's that's our that's how we ended. Believe in yourself. You can be a K-pop stan. <laughs> Yeah, it's been an amazing year in music. Um, we I don't think we would have survived 2020 without all the releases, the K-pop, the pop, the rock, and the hip-hop that we didn't get to talk about this year. Because um, we're not super hip-hop fans. But I'm sure people out there who are hip-hop fans have their own picks oh, no. of the year. People are going to get mad at me for not mentioning hip-hop. But yeah. <laughs> but we have Sorry. run out of time and we are heading to our last segment of the show. But of course, thank you to everyone for joining that music segment of 2020. I will continue with more music um, <laughs> in my pop stop recommendation for the week, which is called All My Sins. It is a song by Sarah Barrios, featuring our very own Filipino singer-songwriter, Sid Hartha. It's a really good pop song. Go listen to it. And yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people will resonate with this song. Shempre, uh, NCT Resonance Part 2 is still out. Work It, Stream Work It, and 90s Love, and the whole album. Those are my recommendations for this week. Dahil I've been kind of busy and haven't been able to watch it anything else or listen to anything else um anyone want to go next uh, um okay i since i mentioned um like some of my well i mentioned that rina samayama is my favorite album of the year uh, i guess i'll just go off that also and say that a, f- a couple of my other favorite albums of the year are i have a list here in my notes app um Number one, I mentioned this. I remember mentioning this before in the previous episode, but there's an album called Grey, G-R-A-E, um, by Moses Subney, uh, which is a really strange, like, avant-garde sort of pop slash jazz slash rock kind of thing that I think is super fascinating. And like Rina's uh, album, it's very much about identity and whatnot. 
another album that I'll I really recommend is it's this isn't even on Spotify. It's only on YouTube. Um, it's it's called Microphones in 2020 by uh, uh, Phil Alvarum, who goes by the name The Microphones. Um, and the entire album is made up of one 44-minute song. Um, and the, the entire song is really just him sort of reflecting on his creativity, his capacity to still um, turn out music, and his sort of existential crisis about being an, an artist. And it's really, really good. And it's weirdly accessible also. Like, it's not that hard to get into. And it really is just one gigantic song, and it's one of my favorites of the year. So if you have forty-five minutes of free time and you just want to get an existential crisis, it's it's on YouTube for free. The pseudo so, podcast. Yeah, oh, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's a musical. Short. I mean, yeah. it is shorter than our episodes. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you if you have the energy to listen to two hours of us talking about stuff, then probably you have energy to listen to a forty-four minute song. But how does that go? segments by actually no like like most i think all of it is sort of the same chord progression but there's like a little bit like there's some sections where the drums come in there's some sections where um sort of arrangement a little bit but it's pretty much the same it, it's like it's almost like listening to spoken words sort of because his sort of vocal style is a little more uh, casual and relaxed so it's it's very very interesting and it's ultimately pretty uplifting if you're if you consider yourself an artist interesting i will yeah. check that out maybe the first minute <laughs> no it's really good no when I, when i have the time to bask in it that's when i, I guess again yes that's a good idea um next max okay so i guess i'll give a tv show because cobra kai is coming out with its third season on january 8th and i'm super excited for it because like i love karate kid and i like how cobra kai continued it especially bringing the old actors back super super interesting whether you like karate or not and i'm just really excited to see the aftermath of the season two finale because that was such a bad cliffhanger from i won't spoil but from the certain phone ringing and the certain falling into the <laughs> come on <laughs> i need to know what's next nice i've been meaning to watch that like for very I, long i've time. seen the first season of cobra kai and i really enjoyed it but i haven't been able to catch up i haven't this seen me either. is your wake-up call and i'm telling you the end of season two you're just gonna want to watch season three right away i'm telling you seriously the, the cliffhanger it's really good Watch it. And another recommendation that isn't really pop culture related. Get sleep. Our modules will still be there in the morning. But get sleep. <laughs> and out of that, I would recommend sleep as well. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like, oh. I was like, what is this group called Get Sleep? And I was like, oh, you mean to actually just sleep? <laughs> no, no. Get sleep. Seriously. At somebody... that point in the semester. As somebody who, for a very, very long time, had like a completely busted body clock, I would 10 out of 10 recommend getting sleep. Yeah. I have fixed it completely now. I wake up early, I exercise, and I feel great. So nice, nice. Sana all. And here we, here <laughs> we are. I'm unemployed, so you know. <laughs> exactly. Not all indeed. <laughs> and lastly, Dren, of course. Uh, I'll recommend a movie, I guess. Um, there's a movie that I recently found out about called Fast Color. And it's a superhero movie that flew completely under the radar. At least my radar. I had no idea about it. Oh, and it starts, okay. yeah, it starts a, a black woman who you might know as one of the leads in San Junipero from 
the episode in she was um, in Game of Thrones also. Oh, okay. In uh, what do you call this? In uh, Black Mirror, I'm gonna butcher her name. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Gugu Mbatharo. Oh, yeah, Gugu Mbatharo. I think that's. I'm not sure how that's how you say it, but um, she's uh, she's the leading actress. One of the leading actresses, um, and it's a crazy good superhero movie. It's a really, really interesting take on superheroes, and obviously, it's made by. Uh, it stars a person of color, which is pretty unique. I think people have been crying out for representation in the MCU for the longest time, uh, but there's other ways to get that representation that you want, and this is a movie that has that. Um, and uh, more importantly, the movie got picked up to be made. To be continued in a series that is being produced by Viola Davis's production company in Amazon. So I'm very excited to watch that series. Um, the movie is called Fast Color, and it's it's great. It's available somewhere. I don't know, but <laughs> uh, out there, <laughs> you know, you know, wink, wink. You guys get it. <laughs> I don't have a yeah. camera on, but I winked. I swear. <laughs> you know, to connect, she was Plumet in Beauty and the Beast. Of Emma uh-huh. Watson, and she was, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, the mom in Wrinkle in Time, the new Wrinkle yep, in Time. Yep. Oh my gosh! Okay, she's been, she's been a lot. She she's been in she's been in a lot of stuff. I didn't realize that's really cool. All right, all the more reason for you guys to, to watch it. I was gonna say something else. Na may announcement. Oh, last news before we end the show. Well, Black Mirror announced its comedy special for the end of 2020 to change it up because 2020 <laughs> usually black mirror is like another sad. it's like sad, sad. sad so funny but since 2020 was 2020 they have a comedy special this time around so that's gonna come out at the end of the year i believe so watch out for that and with that we end our episode thank you so much to emil Dren, and max for being here and of course for staying on with us until the end of the show for our music of 2020 slash Spotify rap 2020 episode. Uh, thank you again to Radio Katipunan, of course, for a great year uh, broadcasting our show and for all the other shows. Thank you so much for all the support, all the time. Thanks, Radio Katip. And we will see you next year to our Radio Katipunan viewers. Of course, we will be continuing on with our show until the next year and until Christmas season. We will be churning out some episodes by then. Um, so go listen to all our previous episodes as we mentioned earlier today in our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream your podcasts. And of course, you can go follow us on social media. That's at Popcorn with Cholo, at Popcorn W Cholo on Spotify, on, not on Spotify, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for other updates on the show. And of course, yeah, we will see you guys next time. Thank you and goodbye. Bye.